1: Many are aware of the facts that abortion impacts women. But what about men? Does it harm men? We'll be talking about that right after this. Welcome to the show. We are joined today by Nathan Maserian. Nathan has a heart for ministry and has been serving couples and specifically uh, men who are uh, kind of recovering from the trauma of abortion. He leads the Healing After Abortion Men's Task Force um, and also does the digital marketing for Support After Abortion, uh, a ministry that helps uh, couples wounded by Uh, the effects of abortion. So thank you so much for being with us, Nathan. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. Yeah, so I want to just uh, talk a little bit about the ministry Support After Abortion. What What is it really about, and how did it get started? It's a great question. So Support After Abortion is a 501c3.
0: It's just coming up on its second anniversary. It's actually born out of a local pregnancy center that was in southwest Florida, And it was during that time that the staff and volunteers noted that whenever they would bring in a traditional pregnancy model, a a woman back for a pregnancy test or to have an ultrasound, there often was a man, didn't know what his relationship necessarily was, could be husband, boyfriend most often, in the waiting room. And so they began to pilot a process of maybe we should engage and talk to uh, the person who's who's come with her. And uh, I had an opportunity to meet this volunteer, another man who first started off. And what he discovered is about half of the men who were in the waiting room, wondering if the girlfriend typically is pregnant, the guys have already experienced abortion, sometimes with another woman, or maybe with the woman that's there. And it began to plant to seed that I bet this is not a, a one-off experience. And so mm. over the course of 18 months, they saw a program start to develop, but felt it might be bigger than just one Signal pregnancy center. So that was the seed. And then uh, there was an opportunity, if I could just tell you a little bit more, yes, please. in which they started to do a survey. And they started to survey other pregnancy centers and just asked the question, what do you do with a man who comes in? And most often to the people who are listening, you might picture he's in the waiting room, if at all, and on a phone, typically very disengaged. That's that's the average. They began to then run a national survey uh, using some consumer research and discovered a lot of exciting things, which I can save later for our conversation. But we did, we uncovered the need that men are hurting and it started just in this one small location and as we talked to Pritzley Centers, we realized there is a really great need. and happy to go into it with you today.
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, how did you get involved and how did you come to lead kind of the men's task force? I mean, wow.
0: It's a work of the Lord, for sure. And I don't say that lightly. Um, the the CEO of Support After Abortion, her name is Lisa Rowe, uh, and I were in a Christian CEO roundtable uh, at an organization called C12. And uh, the particular reason I attend that organization is I I run a separate company, a for-profit company that does digital marketing. And because I have a heart for ministry, we often serve nonprofits around the United States. Mm. And so Lisa came to me and said, could you help a pregnancy center get on page one of Google? And could we even appear next to Planned Parenthood who dominates the search results? I had never been presented with that opportunity. And I love a challenge.
1: Yes, And
0: it's right in our sweet spot, technically and marketing wise. And so I'm blessed to say that within 30 days of working on a website and some Google search marketing, we were able to put her local pregnancy center on page one next to Planned Parenthood. And the clinic saw an increase of 40 women in a month who they had wow. never heard before looking for ultrasounds because they were Googling and chose the pregnancy center option over a planned parenthood option. And I just got to say, I get goosebumps every time I get a show. I literally
1: just I got this. chills just hearing that. Yeah, yeah that's, that's amazing. Wow. So uh, that's how,
0: so that's how I made an introduction uh, with Lisa. She introduced me to then uh, the, Um, board chair of Support After Abortion. They said, we could use your help to expand our message nationwide and and maybe worldwide when it comes to using, I'll call it my business strength, which is digital marketing, but then also my heart for ministry. I'm going to give you a part two of the story, if you don't mind. Yeah, please, please do. So um, while doing the digital marketing piece and and having a very close relationship with Janine Marone and Lisa Rowe, They began to see in some consumer research that they were doing nationwide with an organization called Shepherd Research that there's probably hundreds, if not thousands, if not millions of men who are hurting, but there were no statistics.
1: Mm -hmm. And so
0: I will call it just a vision from the Lord, a a, a vision casting from the Lord. And in in January of, of 2021, they said to me, Nathan, we want you to lead this effort to uncover to discover and find leaders all across the U S who may have been impacted by abortion or have a heart for men. And let's see what the Lord's going to do with it. So that was the vision cast to me. And uh, the Lord has allowed a couple of exciting things to happen. One is to build a task force of 12, 12 men. I don't want to make the parallel to the disciples, but it is a 12 <laughs> diverse group of people, two who are in full-time ministry. Um, Uh, The other other 10 have uh, a personal experience with abortion, and the men are all different places of their healing journey, and that's just been a really um, challenging, enlightening, and very revealing process because I've had the opportunity to get to know them individually beyond just running, uh, let's call it managing a a task force about, about men.
1: That's that's really beautiful, yeah. I so so the 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 takeaway here is that there are men who are hurt by abortion too. I mean, you know, thinking of uh, abortion, anyone who's kind of pro life, um, you know, converse of that being you know anti-abortion, but but pro life is probably aware that abortion hurts women and there's lots of resources out there, you know, thanks be to God that, that help women recover from kind of the emotional and sometimes even physical wounds of abortion. There's the Rachel's Vineyard retreats, things like that. Um, And, and over the decades, you know, there's been a beautiful infrastructure built out for women who've had abortions who regret that and feel a great deal of emotional pain around that. But, um, as we were kind of discussing a little bit before the show, like there are ripple effects of the wound of abortion that go beyond women. So tell us a little bit about, in your experience, how men are impacted by this.
0: That's a really helpful question that you're asking. So this consumer research I mentioned that support after abortion commission, they had two studies done with women who've been impacted by abortion. But this year, they in 2021, they commissioned two more research studies. And they they interviewed men who had personally experienced abortion and they realized based on the survey that 71% of men who've experienced abortion will say they've had an adverse effect. The other thing that's very interesting is for the men who say they've had an impact by abortion, half of them have already told a friend that they trust. The gap though is that they couldn't find any healing program. And when our society says that really this is a woman's issue, my body, my choice, a man who is feeling shame, guilt, hurt, pain, feels invalidated. This is the big insight we've learned this year in talking with men, that how can you possibly hurt? This didn't happen to you physically, but what has happened is emotionally they're, The opportunity where God had a connection for this man to become a father was removed. And here's the crux. That separation, we call it lost fatherhood, is actually the crux of much of the pain because during the pregnancy process, God's design is for both the husband and the wife to connect together. Now, the woman experiences it physically as well because, of course, the baby is within her. But as the man, he is anticipating, I can't wait to play baseball with that with that coming son. I wonder what kind of hair color she'll have. These are the natural thoughts that can happen. And when an abortion happens and separates that, what we've learned from some, some Christian uh, mental health professionals is that idea of lost fatherhood puts a word around the pain different than saying I've had an abortion. Cause it just sounds awkward as a man in our society. Say, I've had yeah. an abortion because we all think, of the physical interactions. So that's what our goal with support after abortion with our task force this year is to, is to put some explanation and define it differently, how abortion impacts a man. Often it's this idea of lost fatherhood. I'm gonna give you one other piece that uh, I've learned from the opportunity I've had to listen to mental health professionals, is that as children, I've learned that one in five boys have been sexually abused. Hmm. There is another statistic that talks about the rate of physical abuse that happens to boys. And so what happens is what I've learned is as a child, if you've been sexually abused, physically abused, you already have a wound in your heart. You may not realize that as a child. And now you're, let's say, a teenager or a young man, which is typically in their 20s or late teens, 20s, and now you're presented with the unexpected pregnancy. You don't even realize what's happening from a logic perspective. You go to this trauma perspective
1: mm-hmm.
0: and say, "What?" however you've handled that in the past, this doesn't exist. It can't be a baby. Or you'll often hear guys will say, I'll do whatever you want. And that's their way of trying to be supportive. And very rarely do you hear a man say, well, I want to keep the baby. And our society would say the opposite, that men would not want the baby, that men are perpetrators, that men push and, and force women to have abortions. And I'm not saying that doesn't happen, but yeah. what our research shows, and I want to lay this with you, is that about 44% of the men that we interviewed who experienced abortion told us, they told us anonymously, they never had a voice in the abortion decision. And wow. if you just feel the weight of that, that inflames the hurt, that inflames the trauma because not only did they have the loss of a fatherhood opportunity, now they didn't have a voice even in the conversation. And it's a it's like a double wound is what is the way we've come to understand that. Yeah. And this is happening. I'll tell you one more piece is our research has been extrapolated And currently in the United States, we believe there are 22 million men who've been impacted by abortion since Roe v. Wade became legal. And so that's the real weight we're feeling about the need and our passion is to say men are hurting, men are isolated. Our society says you don't hurt. So it stops it down even further. Yes. And we're saying God has called us to release men from their pain, to provide a path to healing. It's not overnight. It is certainly a journey. And so that's why support after abortion exists with this men's conference that we're coming up next month with programs that we're issuing. We don't believe that we need to be the source of all the healing. We want to empower other ministries, pregnancy centers, churches, men's groups, to be the source of healing, but we can lead the way, be a catalyst for change and show how healing can be done for men. So let me stop with that. I'm sure there's lots of questions you might have dig into those.
1: Yeah, no. So I think one thing that you said is so fascinating because I think you say, you mentioned society uh, kind of saying that men are the ones fueling Mm. abortion, paying for it, pressuring the girlfriend to get one. And I know that does happen. Mm -hmm. I think even in the pro-life movement, I don't think it's intentional, but having worked in the pro-life movement, there can be a tendency to sometimes vilify the male in, in the situation, in the equation. Mm -hmm. Um, And to say, well, if he were more responsible or, you know, if he wasn't pressuring her, she probably wouldn't, get the abortion and so let's help the woman let's let's meet her needs Um, uh, let's get her what she she really needs to flourish but that guy man he's he's the one who got her in this position in the first place like you know he needs to just get out of the equation he's making things worse and i don't think again like i don't think it's intentional i think it's well intentioned but the men are often either vilified or just ignored mm-hmm. so i love what you're doing but when we talk about trauma mm-hmm. You know, the, one of the key components of trauma, and there's there's multiple, multiple criteria for that, but one of them is a sense of helplessness, and I think you mentioned that that not having a voice yes can exacerbate the wound. And so I'm just wondering, like, when you're talking to some of these guys yeah. who say, like, well, maybe even they said, "I'll do whatever you want." Or they were trying to be supportive in that. sense. I'll go with you to the abortion clinic is something. Yeah. I heard. Okay. They're, they're being supportive. Mm-hmm. What are some of the what's some of the emotional impact these guys feel? You talked about kind of the lost fatherhood, but like, how did they describe their experience of being there? Maybe they're there with her trying to be supportive, Right. you know, um, but what is it like for them to be in that moment?
0: Yeah. So I want to take a moment and just, um, just feel the weight of that question because it's really life changing. Hmm.
1: You
0: know, this is not a casual. I mean, we're having a casual conversation, but the moment that you're asking that question, here's what I've heard from men who've sat in the waiting room while the abortion, a, a surgical abortion, is being performed. And uh, I've had a mental health professional, a person by the name of Greg Hassock explain it from a clinical mental health perspective what's happening for the guy in the waiting room. So I'm going, to re, I'm going to share what I've learned. Mm-hmm. God has built us to have a fight or flight approach. Mm-hmm. And when the man is sitting in the waiting room, he should be fighting for the life. I get kind of emotional to think that. And fighting for his girlfriend or wife. But the longer he sits there, he is, he is breaking that bond that God has built him to do. And he is feeling the guilt and weight and hollowness in that moment. If I can paint this picture, and certainly I'm not a woman, but what I've understand from the woman's perspective, who's now, let's say on the table for a surgical abortion, God has built her to have a, uh, a flight instinct to get off the table, to run. That bond is also breaking for her because now she stays Her her mind might be telling her to move, but the emotions are so overwhelming that she feels trapped. And when the procedure is finished and by no means am I minimizing what's happening here. What I've heard couples say is that there is this great sense of hollowness. Mm. Now, when the procedure is finished and it often leads to that relationship dissolving because of the trauma that's happening to the man and the woman, honestly, there's nothing really left together to sustain a relationship. And no less all the past trauma that has happened that I mentioned earlier, it's being compounded. It's as if the childhood trauma is happening again. So this idea of numbness, hollowness, uh, disconnecting from each other, is really what's happening in those few moments. Even as soon as they're in the car, I had one man talk to me about, he, he didn't go into the abortion clinic. Uh, He was 18 years old. He sat outside the clinic and when he saw his girlfriend, all he could describe is she just looked different, hollow and and something had changed. And it's, that and it's, that's the impact of trauma at that moment. I hope I'm answering your question.
1: Oh no, you are. You absolutely are. Yeah. And, and this word trauma is coming up a lot. And I want to just spend a moment there because a lot of people might hear that and they might think, you know, well, trauma, isn't that just like for soldiers or right. for people, you know, who have been in, you know, severe car accidents or things like that. Um, and I just want to pause there because um, there's a growing awareness um, in the mental health field. And, and I am you know, uh, am in the process of becoming a, a, a mental health counselor myself but there's a growing awareness in the mental health field that trauma has many faces um, and that it's it's not judged so much by what happens to you as the impact that it has on you so there might be things that objectively people might say well that's not a big deal why are you scarred by this Mm -hmm. Um, but it really has nothing to do with the event that occurred it has everything to do with how you perceived it and the impact that it had on you and the wounds that it left on you. And for some people that can be something, you know that's seemingly small, but can actually be quite large in your inner subjective experience. Of wow. it. Um, and so I, I just want to talk about for a second, your, your experience of the impact of trauma on men. Is this something that's like, well, it was really horrible in the moment, but you know, give it a year or two, I'm fine. Or is this something that really lingers uh, yeah. for men?
0: Let me share a firsthand story. Um, uh, several weeks ago, I was talking with a man who who's uh, experienced abortion. Mm-hmm. And uh, suddenly, in our regular uh, view of conversations, he wasn't returning my calls. And I have an existing uh, relationship with him. And... Uh, Uh, Just to paint the picture, it was in the first half of September. And you might say to yourself, "Okay, well, why is the first half of September? And to your point, September 11th was all over the news. And what do we see in the media? You see the death. You see the destruction. You see the grave sites. You see the memorials out in the the country of Pennsylvania where the plane went down. You see the flags being draped. And what he told me, and again, it's a little emotional to try to re- recapture that for you but he said nathan what you don't realize is that that event september 11th reminded me of my decision to kill a baby mm-hmm. and the death that i had a voice in wanting
1: yeah
0: and that's i i'm not a mental health professional but that's a traumatic experience and while yeah. society says well it's patriots day and look at all the great things on social media we're proud to be americans those who are wounded by abortion and have past traumas, they do not look at it as the quote the average person might, or what our society would say, what an average person looks like. And then look at manliness. Manliness is not about crying. Manliness isn't about shedding your tears. Manliness is about you know push through. We celebrate athletes who overcome great yeah. difficulty. And so this idea men don't that, have
1: emotions, by the
0: way. <laughs> yeah, there's no emotions for guys. I mean, look at us. We hardly even broke a smile as we're as we're talking, but. Again, not blaming society, but there is, a, there is a model, as you said earlier, I'm just going to validate what you were saying. PTSD is spoken up very easily, even, even quite casually for any veterans. But it's unheard of in casual conversation to say that uh, my abortion decision is the same weight as a veteran and from a mental health perspective, what I'm learning from professionals is it can have exactly the same type of yeah. repercussions and pain. Yeah.
1: So there's there's also another um, uh, phrase that's kind of becoming more popular, um, And it's this idea of moral injury, yeah. where let's say you're in war and let's say you, this is a horrific example, but let's say, I mean, it happens let's say you're a soldier and you're told to um, attack a house because there's terrorists inside the house Mm -hmm. and you go in there and you just, you shoot up the house. And then all of a sudden you realize it wasn't terrorists at all. It was just like a farm family or something like that. Mm -hmm. And the guilt that you feel in the the wound is you transgressed your own moral code. And that leaves a deep wound on you as well. And I'm just wondering, like, have you ever experienced that among men where they feel a sense of like moral woundedness in having either willingly or unwillingly been a participant in an abortion. So I would say the,
0: um, the, uh, I'm just reflecting for a moment out of the men that I've spoken to, they haven't used that word. They wouldn't describe it in that mm-hmm. way. Yeah. What, what those who are further along on their healing journey who aren't, who aren't in the moment living that traumatic experience have a chance to accept forgiveness from the Lord and the grace that's Mm -hmm. extended for that. Those who are on that part of the journey will look back and say, I committed a sin. I, I took a life. I feel weighted and responsibility. Now, there are men in the middle of that journey who then feel the overwhelming guilt and shame that says, well, I'm a bad person for doing it. And our hope for healing is to say, you've made a bad decision. There is still hope for you as a person. You don't have to stay there. God can provide healing and restoration and not stay in the moment of um, constant reflection about the moral injury. So we're not skipping over it. We want to be able to provide um, recognition for it, acknowledge it healing again. Remember, this, from our experience firsthand and through research, these abortion decisions do not happen um, out of the blue. There is some other traumatic events typically that have happened. And so when men are walking through healing, the reason we're using the term trauma is, is there's a lot of other issues men have experienced yes, besides yeah. abortion and so this conference that we're having the reason we call it unraveling the roots of men's traumas we want to create a very wide funnel that says men are hurting in lots of different ways we will through the conference go specific about the trauma that's affected by abortion but we are encouraging not just men to attend we really want leaders to come to learn how a man is injured by abortion so that they could provide healing programs back in their local area. So we are not running a huge support group through this conference. We really just want to equip leaders. You talked about the pro-life mindset. Our heart desire is to just expand the vision. In addition to the woman and the baby, how do we care and heal the men who are part of that decision or impacted by abortion? So. Just going to give you a little segue into why we were doing the conference as well.
1: Yeah, no, let's talk about that because we've talked um, uh, uh, in an introductory way. I'm sure there's so much more to be said, but just about the the reality of the woundedness that men experience because of abortion. It's not something that is imaginary. It's something that's very real for the men who are participants in it. And there's a vast amount of men. You see, 22 million men. Yes, have been impacted by an abortion yes. in some way so that that's massive that's a that's a huge cultural problem um and men carrying this weight this burden um and maybe wanting to heal but not knowing where to turn so let's talk about healing for a minute let's talk about the conference okay and ways that men can experience that healing and that freedom from kind of that burden that they've been carrying for so long
0: there's several there's several unique things that are happening. We're not saying this is the first time there's ever been a pro-life driven conference dedicated to men, but it is the first time taking this dynamic of men are hurting and men are unhealed in lots of areas of life as the open door. And so we we're blessed to have a few Two, in particular, former NFL players who are going to be speaking. These are not your traditional speakers, okay, in the pro-life circuit. Who are going to talk about how regular men, what our society would say, manly men, okay, have experienced trauma and the impact of that, just to make this real and grounded. Yeah. Secondly, we're going to have some licensed mental health professionals just unpack the stigma of male trauma. Why do we not accept it? for men who've had an abortion but we will do it for veterans as an example or a traumatic accident and then you're going to hear firsthand men who have had not just one but multiple abortions and what is life like and so i just want to give you a one example there is a unique talk it's called three father wounds and this man is going to walk through how he was abused by his biological father abused by his stepfather and then here's what's powerful he thought he was abused by his heavenly father and blamed God for the abuse of the two earthly fathers. But then he found the Lord and realized that actually, this is so cool that his heavenly father loved him in spite of all that he has experienced, including the two abortions that, that he was a part of. And so there's a wonderful arc to showcase real pain and a path to healing. And then from, um, an opportunity to get a connection with the Lord. We are blessed to have our local bishop for our diocese open with a prayer and consecration. And one of the things that he said to us in preparation for the conference is, "I know men are hurting, but I've never heard somebody in the confessional say they had an abortion, yeah. but they will say I have issue with drugs, alcohol, sex addiction, working too much." So he's he sees this conference as a way to create an open door and work backwards into those deeper wounds like an abortion wound that doesn't come out on the surface. And then we have two opportunities, what we call invitations for healing, in which we'll have um, a priest who specializes in healing ministry. And then we'll have also a a Protestant pastor throughout the conference just be available to men if they want to, to have a conversation. Okay, uh, and uh, all, of our com- all of our videos uh, are free, and those who register uh, will have unlimited access to watch these. Just one more quick thing I wanna add. Each talk is only 20 minutes. And so we know, jokingly, guys have a short attention span. So we have a lot of different things that are available throughout the day, but I just wanna emphasize, this conference is not just for men. They are the end result of how to heal men, but we need leaders who are running healing programs to come, to understand, to learn, get a heart for, for men who are hurting and then go back to where they are in this world and help, we hope, deploy more healing resources for men.
1: Amazing. Yeah. Uh, it, it's going to be a fantastic conference. It's free. Uh, menhealingfromtrauma.com. We'll be sure to put that in the show notes um, unraveling the roots of men's trauma. Uh, conference sounds like a fantastic day. Lots of learning that's going to happen. Um, and I also uh just uh want to ask. You mentioned, you know, uh, this bishop saying that mm-hmm. um he's never heard men confess this in the confessional, and I'm I'm wondering, in your experience, is it maybe even harder? for men of faith to admit to this is there more shame around it um so um, what i've heard is that it may
0: not be as much shame as you might think Mm. and here's why what i've learned is that men who may be pro-life or even religious in affiliation because the abortion physically did not happen to them have a slightly easier time to acknowledge it. We found actually in our research that 50% of the men who've had an abortion are actually in a religious service every week. Huh. However, women who've had an abortion is closer to 20% are in church every week because there is a more inherent religious shame on the woman who had it physically. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a surprising set of statistics we've we've uncovered. So what that says to people who are leading a leading a church, a congregation, a, a flock, there are men impacted by abortion who are who are right in front of you.
1: Are church. these men even aware? Like like you mentioned, like like they confess the other thing. Yeah. Are these men even aware that this is a factor for them?
0: They're, they're uh, what we've learned. Uh, through one of our mental health counselors, he he nearly he, he sees a majority of men in a counseling setting. The men who present the issues are, my wife won't talk to me anymore. She's always telling me what to do. They have all these surfacings that are breaking a relationship. what i've what I've learned from him is it takes about six months and they uncover about forty percent of the time there is an abortion wound. But there's so much other presenting issues that that abortion is nearly forgotten about. It's so buried. And again, remember our society says that's not even an issue. So yeah. forgotten, repressed, put away, f- replaced with so many other problems that would, you know, take your take your mind off it. It's not. It's not front of mind to yeah. many.
1: Well, um, let's say someone does become aware, like that this has happened to them and it had more more of an impact than they thought and a guy comes to uh support after or 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 they maybe have someone they go to their crisis pregnancy center or whatever and you're talking to them maybe for the first time mm-hmm. what does that look like how do you take them deeper um what what's the process look like
0: it's a very delicate question and and i don't know that i'll give the the most comprehensive answer, but one of the things that we've started to speak to therapists about is just ask the question on the intake Mm, form.
1: Yeah.
0: Do you, have you experienced abortion in your past? And you ask that in a very broad way, there's different ways it can be said. What we're hearing is that that question is often never even asked. Mm, And so the man again is presenting himself as, you know, I like to volunteer here. I'm going to tell you something I've learned. We find men are are volunteering in in wonderful organizations uh, at schools, uh, religious organizations, pregnancy centers, but because they weren't asked, what you don't realize is that the reason they're motivated to serve is to compensate for a a loss Mm. of an abortion or of a child. And so in some way, a cathartic way, they're trying to heal themselves by volunteering, But, but leaders are missing that chance. So, We believe that's the first thing is, is ask that question on the intake form. The second part is just to listen. Would you tell me your abortion story? And that might not come easily. And that may not be one conversation. Mm -hmm. The third part, as I've observed, is because there's so many other presenting issues, it's not a straight conversation. It's not a, a zero to 60 conversation. It's going to have detours. It's going to have pauses. There's going to be pain. And some of the speakers at our conference have, have written, uh, of one in particular, they've taken what we're all are familiar with from an AA perspective, the 12 steps, and they've modeled an abortion healing process following the 12-step model. So there is a workbook that actually says, you know, you know one step is believe there's a higher power. There is a, there's future steps that say you need to go and make reconciliation to the woman that you had an abortion with. Now, you don't start with that. So in this conference, and I'm not looking to short circuit the process, but there are are new curriculums that are designed by men who have experienced abortion and can share, here's a path to walk. Uh, Certainly, we don't want people to, our opinion would not be do that off the cuff. Uh, I'm certainly not a professional in that way. But I would just say that's another reason people should be visiting support after abortion. We're also going to be modeling it firsthand, following our conference for free. We're going to be doing a monthly webinar unraveling the roots. Another one called keys to hope and healing. These are curriculums that we want to demonstrate how you walk people through healing. So we're going to also, I won't call it role play. We're going to actually do it, but you can experience that firsthand either as a leader or as a, as a participant so trying to make it
1: practical wonderful yeah. wonderful thank you yeah so 22 million men are out there there's probably someone listening to this podcast right now who may have been impacted by abortion themselves i'm wondering what would you say to a man who is listening right now um and who's been impacted by abortion, what would you say to them? I would say, I'm sorry. I know that's a hard thing to say,
0: to have experienced. I would also say to the man who's listening, you are not alone. There are millions of men who are just like you, but our society has blocked that from your view and you likely do feel isolated Third, I would say there is no shame from us. We exist as as men to be uh, an arm and extension of the Lord's healing and support after abortion in a broader way. is designed for your growth, not rub your face in that decision and make you feel worse. And there is a path to there is a path to grow. And you can change from where you're at. Not that you wanted to be here, but you can be equipped with stronger, more healthy decisions moving forward.
1: That's beautiful. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. Uh, and, and encourage all men who may have experienced abortion to go to supportafterabortion.com, supportafterabortion.com, and check out the resources I have there. Um, and and just a word too, if you could just um, also give us a word to leaders, whether it's it's priests or um, lay uh, uh, individuals who are maybe serving in some capacity, maybe have a crisis pregnancy clinic or or maybe not, but maybe want to get more involved. Um, you just give them the uh, leave us with an exhortation to those individuals as well.
0: So. The Lord has equipped all of us with unique gifts and life experiences, experiences that we may not have wanted to have. And God can take our pain and use it for his purpose. It's a phrase that we use inside of support after abortion, purpose for the pain. And so we just want to encourage you as lay leaders, lay counselors, leaders of pregnancy centers that you can expand your reach for healing by including men but it doesn't look or feel the same way that you normally do it for women. Men heal differently. They're not looking to come to a small group with a circle of chairs that face each other and pour out their heart on the first session, but they will meet one-on-one with the man over the back of a truck at a restaurant, at a coffee shop. And so come and learn ways to connect with men who are not going to respond in the same way that you might've connected with women, but there is millions who are ready for healing, ready for us to be deployed. We just want to equip you how to do that in a more effective way. And the
1: harvest is great. The need is huge. Amen. Thank you. Yeah. So just in conclusion, um, just again, remind us of, the conference website, and um, how we can access some of the resources that Support After Abortion has to offer.
0: Well, thank you so much. I'm so glad to be on your show today. The conference menhealingfromtrauma.com. The conference is live October 16th, 9 to 4 Eastern Time, uh, we encourage people to register because those who register receive unlimited access to all the recordings once the conference is finished and keep coming back to support after We have all the resources available to equip you. We also have a weekly men's podcast that focuses on men and trauma. And so there's ongoing fresh information available to equip both men and leaders uh, to to be effective in their healing journey.
1: Wonderful. Well, um, Then there is hope, there is healing. And if you know a man who's struggling and think that there might be a possibility that abortion might be in his past, Mm -hmm. uh, don't be afraid to say something um, and uh, maybe ask those those questions and be the support that they need. Uh, So Nathan, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, It's been wonderful uh, talking with you. Thank you. Enjoyed your time as well.